everyone, and welcome back to another great, super cool radio interview. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before I start talking about my guest, just a quick reminder to thumbs up this video and make sure to subscribe and turn that notification bell. That way you not miss any new interviews or episodes. I have an awesome guest who will be joining me momentarily. He is Steve Ramone out of Chicago. In May, he released his latest album entitled Chasing Daylight. In this interview, we discuss how he gets started as a musician, writing and recording Chasing Daylight, some of the legendary guests that are featured on the album, and all things music. It is an incredible conversation. I hope you enjoy, and please check out and support Steve Ramone. So right now, let's dive into this interview. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. I got a great guest joining me at this time. In May, he released his latest album entitled Chasing Daylight. Please welcome Chicago-based power pop rock musician Steve Ramone. Hey, how's it going? What's up, you crazy kids? Thanks for having me, Matthew. Of course, it's very nice to have you on the podcast. I got my uh, Chicago Cubs hat for this interview. I'm a big fan. And, and, you know, let me tell you, you went about that correctly because anybody tells you they're a Cubs and Sox fan – immediately you need to check for your wallet okay because that that does not exist all right (laughs) that's some good advice next time i'm in chicago (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it was funny i was in chicago just over the weekend i had my cubs hat on and the first person i met uh were at the event i was at like oh hi it's nice to meet you i'm a Sox fan i'm like oh that's nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's baptism by fire, my friend, in, in, in this town, you know. People are friendly, but people are a bit tribal sometimes, especially when it comes to, uh, to baseball. It's been, uh, it's been a long, hard road for uh, fans of both teams. So, you know, they take it pretty seriously around here. And don't even get me started on pizza. You know, that, that just gets crazy. Then. <laughs> that for sure. Maybe, maybe that'd be for the next interview. We'll talk about pizza. There you go. All right, so before we jump in and discussing, you know, signing with Pavement, the latest album, and uh, your upcoming plans, I got a fun question to kick this interview off. So outside of your own music, what music have you been listening to this week? What music have I been listening to this week? Uh, there's a command. There's, there's a couple interesting ones. Okay, so uh, I've been listening to Bella Fleck. Uh, he's a uh, phenomenal uh, uh banjo player and uh if, if you look him up he's the the man's a prodigy he's just he's just an, an amazing not a prodigy um the, the man's a genius uh, a prodigy you know somebody young that does that stuff but no he's been doing it a long long time and he is absolutely amazing and inspiring and then um the people that he brings in with them uh are are, are great um and you end up seeing these folks uh touring like a perfect example his, uh one of his saxophone players 
uh, toured with him uh, one summer and then the next summer I'm at a Dave Matthews concert and there he is, you know, it's like because the, the man functions as a, as a kind of, you know, clearing house for fabulous musicians up, you know, that are up and coming. The other, uh, the other band, completely different end I've been, uh, or, or person I've been listening to is Delbert McClinton. He has an, um, he has a new band, a uh, new, not a new record out. It's been out for a little while, but I didn't, I didn't really catch on to it for now. And he's got this fabulous song, um, uh, Whoever says love is easy, they ain't in love with you. And uh, and, it, and it just, you know, I started listening to the guy. I'm like, man, this guy has a way with words. Uh, and then the other one that I've been listening to is, um, is as crazy as it sounds, Keith Urban. I've been going in a deep, on a deep dive on Keith Urban's band because those Nashville cats um, have a special way of putting bands together. And I've been really picking it apart and trying to understand what it is they do to create... Um, they have this thing they, they have this ability to create this feeling of of like a locomotive going down the tracks yet it's controlled and yet it's um yet unquantifiable so i've been i've been doing deep dives on all the nashville players lately to see how it is those touring bands come you know get that thing happening you know brent mason's another one another player um and then just last night i was listening to rye cooter the buena vista social club are you familiar with the buena vista social club i'm not no Dude, okay, so really, really quick story here. Ry Cooter goes down to Havana, Cuba about 15 years ago, maybe more, and and no, it's it's more, 15, 20 years ago now. And uh, because back in the 60s, before uh, Fidel overthrew Cuba, the best Latin jazz musicians all played in Cuba, in Havana every single night. These these people were incredible. They were world-class talents. Fidel comes in, takes everything over. Next thing you know, one of them's making shoes, another one's, you know, one's a cobbler, another one's, you know, do whatever. They're gone. They're lost to. They're lost to history. Ry Cooter finds a couple of old records, goes down to Havana, finds these guys, puts a band together, makes a documentary and an, and a record. It's absolute must listening and viewing for anybody that really cares about you know music and harmony and understanding where a lot of this stuff comes from. You know. Well, that's truly incredible. Like I'm not familiar with that at all, but it sounds really amazing. I definitely have to check that out. I would not waste time. Ry Cooter is the guy that played all the, um, well, him and Steve Vai played all the guitars on that movie Crossroads with uh, Ralph Macchio way okay, back yep. in the day. Yep. So, I mean, that's really where he got his, uh, you know, where he came to some notoriety. And then he played with John Hyatt in a band called Little Village for a while. But if you do a deep dive on Ry Cooter, I promise you, you're going to be cursing my name going, ah, oh, gee, and your girlfriend's going to be bitching at you going, ah, oh, can we leave yet? You know, so that's, it's one of those deals. I promise you. <laughs> All right, I well, I know what I'm gonna be doing over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now focusing on you. So before we start uh, talking about the new album, so for you, how did you get started as a musician? Oh wow, um, I uh, I talked to yeah, you know, I, it, it's been it's been in my head, uh, you know, since the time since since I can re recollect having you know something of a conscience and a memory. Um, I, uh, I was baptized very late for some reason. Um, and I remember, I remember I was probably no, I, I, my mom says I was like two and a half, almost three years old. And I, re I remember this because I remember the, the priest, you know, getting down on her for waiting so long. And then, and then I remember the music in the background, the organ music in the background, I was, you know, and, and to this day I was able to uh, much, you know, much later I was able to remember that music. I was like, oh, it was key of A minor. You know, it was once I had a trained ear and I knew what it was. I knew exactly what it was. It was Ave Maria and A minor. And, and I'm like, okay. So there was that. And then 
uh, when I when I was probably five or six or seven, my cousin, my older cousin, turned me on to Elvis Presley, and then I just went insane. I mean, I just absolutely went insane. Um, his album Live uh, uh, Live in Aloha from Hawaii in Honolulu um, was just you know seminal for me. You had all kinds of great players. You had um, you know Donald Duck Dunn on bass. You had. Uh, James Burton on guitar at his band. You had all these crazy, you know, monstrous country um, and Nashville cats playing in his band, the Memphis Mafia. They were just absolutely amazing. And then you had Elvis. He was so charismatic. He was a showman. He was all that. But then he had the pipes and the and the musicianship and the artistry and the phrasing and the touch and the power and all of that to back it up. And it just blew my mind. And so I went from that moment on. I went absolutely, you know, music crazy. It was all I could really think about. Then from you know that from that moment on, I just you know hounded my parents for records and stuff like that. Uh, and then when I heard the Beatles, I started hounding them for an, for a guitar. And that's pretty much where you know it all comes from. Somewhere between Elvis and the Beatles and all the you know and all the Latin Hispanic salsa music I, I grew up listening to from that side of the family, it's all just ugh, like a big bowl of spaghetti in there, you know. <laughs> Wow, that that was um, a great rundown of everything, and like hearing kind of your the backstory of how you got into music, like hearing like you know fan of Elvis, the Beatles, and the Latin music, like I can hear those kind of influences in your style of music. They're all there, man. They are absolutely all there. It's what I love to do. You know, it's like I, I was able to take all that stuff, and I did uh, honestly. I write three, four minute pop songs about chicks that would not go out with me in high school. That's really what I do, and. And, you know, and there were a lot of them. So I got plenty of songs and uh, and I got lots of I got lots of blackboard to work with. So, you know, I, I like taking the different influences. Um, the other thing I really like doing is like when 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 somebody comes in and plays on one of my songs, I don't tell them what to play. They're always like, well, you know, what are you looking for here? I'm looking. Well, I asked you to come down. So I'm looking for you to come and play. You know, so it's like I, I always tell them the same thing. Do you, you know, that's why I, you're down here in this room because I heard something you did and I liked it. And so like, here you go, you know, play what, play what you think you ought to play here. And it always, you know, it, man, not every time, but not, nine times out of 10, it works out. I end up getting something out of them that they're, that they're passionate about, that they really feel. And, and it comes from a place deep in their soul. And you, you just can't go wrong when you do that, you know? Oh, exactly. And that's kind of what music is. You have to like, you have to feel the music, Like, right? You have to feel what's natural for you with the music. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't care if it makes you tap your foot. I don't care if you dance. I don't care if you scream and shout, whatever. I don't care if you just sit there and watch. But but if I know you're engaged, if I can tell that that, that I'm making a difference or that I'm making an impact or or that I'm even for just five to 30 minutes giving you a respite from all the craziness in the world or whatever, you know, crap is going on in your life. If I can do that, man, I think I've, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've accomplished, I accomplished something more than just scratching my personal itch, my need to play music in front of a people, in front of people. Cause we're all narcissists. <laughs> we all are. I mean, none of us would do, dude, there's no law that says you got to get up on a stage and do this stuff. You can just put the music out. You know, you don't have to go out there and jump around and smile and stuff like that. And, you know, um, we do it because we want to. Don't let anybody lie to you about that. Man. We all want to get up there. We all want our moment to rock out with a guitar in our hands. Oh, no, for sure. I could de definitely see that. And you're actually not the first person to say something very similar on my podcast. That, like, yeah. so, no, definitely, it's very true. It's like, but it's also, 
you know, you have fun. You know, it's also fun. Like, yes, it, it's that side of it. Well, but also it's fun. Who doesn't like to rock out and have fun? Absolutely. And, you know, I remember seeing um, I, I've seen bands. I'm not going to name the name, but I mean, one of the biggest bands ever. And I, I, I remember seeing them just and you could tell they hated being there. They did not want to be on tour. And, you know, the, the media talked about how they didn't want to. But when you got there and saw the show, it's like they're going through hit after hit after hit. And you're like, they're hating this. And I walked out feeling, you know, cheated somewhat, you know. Um, not that I didn't still love the band. I loved them before I went there. I loved them after I went there. But I didn't need to fork over the hard-earned cash to see that. You know, I could have just bought the the anthology or something like that, you know, instead and kept my fabulous memory of that band. So um, I don't know. There, there's more to it than just the, the 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 ones and zeros on the CD. Right. There, then there's more to it than that. There has to be. Otherwise, it wouldn't touch us in the manner it does. Exactly. Couldn't couldn't say it any better. And like, you know, it's one thing to listen to music, but you have to, you know, if if people are doing, if they enjoy what they're doing, they have that energy, they have the passion, and you have that connection with the audience. Yeah, passion. That's the, that's the thing, man. Whether it's whether it's smiling or whether angry, you know, regardless of the way their their demeanor, if you can sense passion, you can you can create a connection. Exactly, and emotion. You have to see that emotion, regardless of what it is. Could be angry, could be happy, it could be fun, but you have to have some type of emotion. Absolutely, no doubt about it. So, so now I, I do want to talk about, so you, in May, released your latest album entitled Chasing Daylight Through Pavement Entertainment. So before we start talking about the album, uh, how was it signing with Pavement? What drew you to sign with that label? Right. So it was, it was, it was a little bit of luck and a little bit of, you know, it's the old saying when uh, uh, success is when preparation meets opportunity. Yes. I, I, I played, you know, I've known Chips enough since, uh, since, I was a little kid, really, and I and I came up, uh, you know, learning how to play from him and Donnie, and uh, we all grew up in the same same little town there. And uh, Chip had been working with Chuck Bernal from Artists Worldwide uh, for the longest time, and he had a connection with them. Um, you know, Mark Nawara and uh, and Tim King from uh, from Pavement. Their you know their band Soil is is is, is wonderful. So, uh, you know, he had that connection, and. Uh, and through Chip and Chuck, I was able to get some songs to them. And, you know, they're like, well, this isn't really what we do. You know, this is kind of like on the lighter side of what we do. But this, but they believed in the songs. And, you know, God bless them to their credit. They took a chance on me. And uh, I couldn't be happier working with those guys. It's been an absolutely wonderful experience. Their their team is top notch. They um, they know how to get everything done. You know, they are, they are a, a, a rare combination of, of musician and businessman, and and they are really good at what they do. I'm really thankful, and I'm pushing so hard to um, to, to sell downloads and, and records and stuff because it kicks in my second my second album deal with them, and I really want to stick with these guys. That's how much I love them. Um, I, I really am thankful for the opportunity I got. So that's how that whole thing happened. No, I'm really glad you're you know enjoying uh, working with them, and you know it's a mutual between you know you supporting them and they supporting you, and you know yeah. the music is a centerfold of all of that as well. So I'm glad you're having uh, a really positive experience, and I definitely look forward to the new album as well. But before we even talk about that, I got to talk about Chasing Daylight. So I like the name of it. How'd you um, come up with the name for the album? Oh, wow, it's a, um, it's just, just um, it, it ended up coming to me. Um, in uh, you know, um, 
in the shower. <laughs> that was the craziest thing. Um, God, I don't know what it is about about rain or showers or hot tubs or something, but for some reason, man, I like I always come up with good stuff. Um, but no, it was uh, I was I was trying to I was trying to get get out the door in time before before uh, dark set because. Um, forgot where we were going or whatever. I don't know. It was a fireworks show or something like that, man. And, and I remember thinking I'm chasing daylight and, uh, you know, it's got to, we were chasing daylight here. And, and I just thought, and for some reason the, the phrase popped into my head and I, I immediately, you know, like thought, ah, it must've been something I heard in an old Western or something like that. But then I thought about how, just how, how absolutely apropos it is to what, you know, we're all going through whether we want to talk about ourselves in a, um, you know, from a personal perspective or, or more of a, um, more of a philosophical perspective, you know, we have X amount of time here to do whatever it is that we're going to do. Um, so regardless of your age and regardless of where you're at in your life, you can always look at it like you're chasing daylight because you really are. You really are, you know, you there, there's a finite number of, of minutes and seconds that you have. There's there's uh, there's X amount of times you will have first dates, X amount of times you'll make love, X amount of times you'll go see, you know, an incredible band. There are X amount of times there is a limit to these things. And if you look through the thread of most of the lyrics in the, of, in the songs, you'll see that they're about that, that it's that this is about just absolutely having to say and do the things you want to say and do um, before the sun sets on you. And, and it, it was a very poignant moment for me. Um, I went from being all happy and, and, and buzzy and stuff to getting out of the shower and getting ready and being very contemplative the rest of the night. And uh, almost to the point where the people around me were like, what the hell's the matter with you? I'm like, I got a good one. I'm, I got a good one on my mind right now. Do not get in the way of this process because I'm writing one of my best songs ever right now in my head while these fireworks are going off, man. And uh, and it stuck with me and I immediately knew it was the name of the record. I immediately knew that I was going to write a big old epic song around that title and I knew it was going to I knew it was going to have suspended chords. I knew what key it was going to be. I knew all of it. And when I brought it to Chip the next day, he looked at me he's like, Son of a bitch, you did another one. You know, it's like because we're always not trying to outright each other, but you know, so that's where that whole thing came from, man. It's um, you know, I'm still running and I'm still running behind, and that's just how I how that's that's just it, you know. Oh no, for sure. I really like um, you know, the the meaning behind it because it's like with everyone, we have a limit, you know. There's X amount of times we would do stuff, as you said, and we don't know what our limits going to be. We don't know, you know, how many times we'll be able to do something because we don't know how long, you know, we're going to be here. So I li I really like that, and uh, I think it's really cool, and I like that connection you made, and then like the the kind of um, the way you kind of weave that throughout the uh, the entire album as well. That was um, that's that's where, you know, that's where. Jesus, at this point, that's where I should be. You know, I should be able to create songs that have meanings, you know, you know, beyond what the, you know, beyond just like the, the face value of the words, you know, it's like, you can just hum along to them and they might not mean something. You know, Sunny Day is one that people talk about. What's a, what a happy, fun, bouncy song. I'm like, that, 
that song's about just like a terrible breakup and anger and hatred and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, I'm glad you like it and stuff or whatever, but you know, don't listen to the words. It'll really, you know, don't pay attention to the words. It's going to ruin the song for you, you know, but that's, that's what I do. You know, that's, that's, that's what makes a pop song cool. That's what, that's what makes a three minute song, you know, listenable. And, and it's, it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like a good three minute song. is like waking up in the morning and going to bed content at night, you know, maybe, maybe you're tipsy. Maybe you just, maybe you're with somebody. You just got done making love. Maybe, maybe whatever, maybe you just got, you know, just stuffed a whole bunch of big old burrito down your throat, whatever, but you're content either way. You know, that's what a good three minute song is. I like that. I really like that. It's a perfect way of describing it. Now, and I did want to talk about, you have some legendary guests uh, that were featured on this album. Uh, who was featured on this and uh, how did you like come about the, like determining like, hey, I want you on the album or did they reach out to you? I, how did that come? How did all that come about? Yeah, I really got to, um, well, some of it's uh, relationships, right? And some, you know, the people you meet uh, backstage and along the way and stuff like that. Um, a lot of, uh, and, you know, Chips Enough had a, had a huge impact in that. Um, and my wife, for example, even, you know, she went to high school with, uh, and played in the high school band with Todd Zuckerman from Styx, you know. So, I mean, you, you make connections like that, you know, it's it's it's, it's a weird thing. Um, and and uh, the pandemic was going on. So people weren't touring, people weren't working, they were itching to play, you know. So there was a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on there. Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick, the drummer from Cheap Trick, uh, Rick's son, who's the drummer now. He played on three songs. He played on Chasing Daylight. He played on, uh, what's he playing? He played on uh, the Elvis cover, uh, uh, Suspicious Minds. You know, that was real cool. And he played on uh, on the second one, um, Breakaway. You know, so so that was a lot of fun working with him. Uh, Joel Hookstra from from Whitesnake, you know, um, played, uh, played the guitars on Time to Go and Tranquila. That was just an amazing experience um, when his tracks would get would get sent back to us and we'd all be sitting in the studio, you know, and we'd be sitting there. We'd work. We'd be working on whatever. But we'd have his songs queued up because at any moment, an email could come in. And our uh, and our our uh, engineer would be like, all right, we got another one. I'm like, I'll key it up. Let's listen to it. And we'd listen to it. And, you know, we're like little schoolgirls just giggling away, you know, having fun with it. But. It was a lot of fun having cats like that. Andre Bautista, one of the finest session drummers around here. Um, he actually is the guy. He owns a shop, a, a percussion shop here in, in Chicago, in the city, um, where he tunes like th he tunes things like timbales and percussion and stuff like that. Neil Peart would send him his timbales and stuff like that to tune. And it's amazing, amazing work he did. He played on the he played on Tranquila, a lot of Latin percussion stuff like that. Uh, so um, Dan McGinnis, the singer from CCR, you know, Creedence Clearwater Revisited, uh, came in and he's the guy that sang the harmonies on uh, Somehow, Somewhere, Someway. And he sang harmonies on uh, on uh, Suspicious Minds. That guy has pipes of the world. I'm, I'm talking about pipes that fill a room in a dominant fashion where you don't really want to sing after you hear him sing. It was amazing listening to that guy just belt stuff out. And so... We had an amazing time recording. Oh, oh, and then let's not forget, Chips Enough is proud, in my mind, is the finest pop bass player, you know, in this hemisphere. I don't know anybody that can play on a, on a pop bass, you know, play bass on a pop song. Maybe Leland Sklar, that guy, that guy with the long beard from James Taylor and stuff like that. That guy's pretty scary, too. But Chips just, 
a, a musician on an insane level. Um, Donnie V, the same. His man, that guy, his his mind is just so fertile. I mean, from a harmonic standpoint, it's it's a harmonically fertile mind, and and the harmonies and ideas that come out of it are just so effortless and beautiful and lofty yet powerful at the same time. It's like you can't lose when you got guys like that, man. You you really can't, you know. No, you can't. You had a real all-star team of musicians, uh, you know, that were performing on this album. And just one quick thing I didn't want to say about Chips enough. He is he's so smooth. Like just his you know, his the bass playing is just so smooth that like that, that's how he's so good. Like he's just so smooth with everything he does. Effortless. I talked to him uh today. He's on tour with the choir I, I toured with him and the choir boys last year. Um actually Enough's Enough was my backup band for my tour when I opened for the choir boys last year. Um, and yeah, he's, he's amazing. His, he can take any bass and just not even touch it and just play it. And it sounds like him and it just sounds big and punchy and authoritative. The guy's a, guy's a monster player. Yeah. He's on tour with the choir boys right now. So check those guys out. They're pretty good. Oh yeah, definitely. That I, uh, I interviewed one of the bands, uh, touring with uh, Enough's Enough and choir boys recently, Bad Marriage. And, uh, it looks, they always have, you know, also you know, the, the glam slam, uh, you know, tour that they have, like always, Always looks good. They have great opening bands, great touring bands with them. Like it looks like a lot of fun. Bad marriage. That's the oh, he, he was in Tesla, right? Uh, one of the yeah, one of the guitar yeah, one of the guys was in Tesla. Yeah, monster player. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely good band. Really liked oh, them a lot. For sure, for sure. I had a great time chatting with them. But yeah, no, it, it's just so cool the connections you you know that never you know you, you make with stuff like that. It's the only reason I brought it up because I just you know I, I recently interviewed them, uh, but. For, so for you, so if anyone hasn't checked out Chasing Daylight yet, which I do highly encourage everyone, please do. What can they expect? Like just the overall like encompass of the album. It would be sort of like, um, you know, it, it's 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 cool because there's stuff on there for everybody. Uh, Tranquila is a, um, that's one of my favorites. It's a, it's like a Latin based uh, song. It, it's it's really cool. Um, there's so there there's that, but there's but the vast majority of stuff on there is stuff that that can be listened to um from a bunch of perspectives um i have a 13 year old and i caught that i caught that little song i caught him humming one of the songs the other day he'll never admit it you know but i know i caught him humming one of my songs um and and so it's like i'm like yeah i got you you know i got you but um really if you're an old school rocker you're gonna love this it's because basically i end up sounding like a combination of cheap trick and you know tom petty and john cougar and squeeze all rolled up into one and that's pretty much what everybody comes out saying throwing some elvis costello in there too you know um and th and that's pretty much what you're gonna get it, but the but the thing about it is that you're gonna get it done on a level that you know don't get me wrong those guys are all good and they're great players and you know petty his band was amazing absolutely but um but the thing about it is that the everybody in the band is a monstrous monstrous player you know and so you don't you not only get that cool you know heavy band that comes at you straight up and really really hard and, and with a lot of authority but you get some nuance too and so you know everybody in the band gets to stretch out a little bit every single night and when you realize that these are killers up there you know and they're all doing their thing and then coming back together to make my thing you know sound right it's um it it, it takes it to another level so the live show whereas you know a lot of these pop bands that you know they sound pretty on the record but man when you get them on stage you know they can barely hit a note or something that's not what you get when you see us if anything it's more it's more powerful 
it's prettier, it's heavier, it's definitely heavier live, you know, and and that's what you get from a live show. We, I mean, we show up and 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 yeah, we throw it out. It's 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 what we love to do, man. It's why we're doing this. Oh no, for sure. And like for you, do you have a favorite song to perform live in your set? The one I'm playing. <laughs> that's my favorite, man. That's, that's um, no, there's I I. I you know, I do. The, the answer is yeah, is yes, but it tends to change. You know, I don't really have um, um, a favorite song of mine that I like to play on a set. I like they're like children, so I kind of like them all. Um, and you know, I generally don't put something in the set unless I think it moves the set along in a certain way, or or does something, or has some kind of effect. And I do the same thing with um, I do the same thing with with any covers that we throw in because. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I love throwing in covers. I love throwing in old school covers that I, and generally when I throw in a cover, you don't even know it's a cover, you know, because it's like, you know, it's like it's something off of a B-side or whatever, you know, but it's one of my favorite uh, songs. I will say I have a special affection for Suspicious Minds because um, I front it. It's the only song in the set that I front. It's usually the, you know, the last song of the night. And so the idea, I just get to walk out there with the microphone stand and, you know, the, and, and have a killer band behind you just pumping that song out. It's, it's, it gets pretty special, especially when, you know, it's like when the song really hits home with the crowd, you know, it, it almost always does. Almost always that song gets over like mad. But when it really hits, the crowd's up on their feet. They're all singing every single word and they're following you, you know, everywhere you go. And it's a really good connection. So that's if I had to say I had a favorite, it would be that one. All right, on. I I really dig it. And so as I'm wrapping up this interview, Steve, I had such a great time chatting with you about all things music, the album Chasing Daylight, and everything in between. But as I'm starting to wrap up this interview, um, what are the plans for Steve Ramone for the rest of this year, 2023, and into next year, 2024? Right. So um, I'm working on – there are two – there's one tour that's set and that's starting uh, end of August. And that's with Glenn Hughes of Deep Purple. He's doing the 50 year anniversary of the Burn record. So, and, uh, and so we'll be opening for him and Ingvan Malmsteen. So we'll be, we'll be out on the road with those guys. We'll be all over. Um, it starts in Indiana, goes through California, Denver, Utah, um, Detroit. It's all over the place. So we'll be doing that. Um, I, I, uh, I'm trying to work out a couple weeks out on the road with uh, with Corey Feldman. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I want to play with him really bad. Chip's, Chip's actually friends with the guy, and um, from what I heard, I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be I think it'd be kind of cool. So I'm trying to work that out. And then we're also in talks about doing that same uh, uh, about doing. Uh, there's five days in uh, in in the UK uh, starting in Belfast, and then five days in Spain. Uh, starting November 1st. So we'll be in Europe uh, probably most of November. So looking forward to that as well. Sounds like you got some really great stuff in the works. Hope all that works out. And I hope to catch you at a show sometime. I think it'll be a lot of fun. If Where are you at? Where are you coming out of? Uh, South Bend, Indiana. South Bend? Oh, man, you're right. You're right here. So yeah, yeah we need to hook up for dinner and a game or something, man. But absolutely. Oh, well. Um, okay, so first show, uh, the 27th in Hobart, opening for uh, with the Midnight Devils and Ingve. Well, I that's please please be my guest at the show, please. Um, uh, so let's yeah, we can we can hook that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got. Um, the other thing is I'm having a um, um, 
I'm doing a, a food drive, a, a, a dog food drive. I'm uh, trying to uh, generate 10,000 pounds of dog food for my local shelter here. Um, I just feel terrible for these guys that go in there. And I just feel awful for, you know, um, and don't get me wrong. I understand that there's a lot of great causes out there. That there's people suffering and stuff out there. Uh, this one just tended to hit home and got me and happened to get me up off my ass to do something. So I'm doing something, you know, that's it. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on, brother. All right. Uh, if anyone's in, so the, the food drive, uh, can you give me more details about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, a um, you know, it's, it's a shelter in Worth, Illinois and, um, or Chicago Ridge, Illinois. And, and they do wonderful, wonderful work. You, you know, you can bring your dog in there. Well, I, I've, I've gotten a couple dogs from there and one, one of them ended up being, you know, my dog of a lifetime, my, my buddy Grover, who, you know, rest in peace was just my guy, you know, but, um, what I found was that these people work on zero profit. And whereas some places you can go and like, for instance, to get your dog spayed, you know, I can take them to my, you know, to my bougie little vet around the corner here. And it's like, you know, $800 or whatever. And these people charge 75, you know, it's like, and they're constantly, they're always telling you, you know, if you think of it, bring a bag of food in, bring a bag of food in. That's what they tell you all the time. It's like, okay, damn it. You know, I'm going to raise some food here, man. And I just came up with this idea, you know, last week when I'm, uh, and, and and so I'm, uh, it's still it's still formulating and everything, but I'm working out a way where you can either donate and we'll we'll buy the food and have it sent there, or I'm working with man, I'm trying to work with manufacturers so that you know people can just have food sent, or um or even just like a credit where like you can show me a bag that you drop off at your local spot, you know, and I'm going to count that, you know, I'll count that as ten pounds or fifty pounds or whatever. The idea is, you know, I'll put your name on the uh, I'll put your name on the website, and you know, we'll all. Well, how you know, pat each other on the back, talking about how we did something good for some animals. All right, I, I'm definitely all for that, and uh, I'm I'm really really happy to hear about that, and I do hope uh, you know it works out very well, and people uh, you know get get their dona donations in and support uh, those people as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you can get me at steveramon.com. We are in the middle of updating the website. This thing should go live today, two nights sometime, but the completely updated website should be there and you'll get your 10,000 pounds of dog food drive. You're gonna get, um, you're gonna get a lot of back, uh, a lot of uh, updated stuff and uh, the, new, uh, the new jump on it video is out. So you'll be able to take a look at that. Um, and, then, and then, you know, we'll, anywhere music is sold. If you're an Amazon person, go to Amazon. If you're an iTunes person, go to iTunes. Um, you know, wherever, Spotify, whatever. But if you stick in Chasing Daylight or Steve Ramone, you're going to find it. And, you know, please download. This is the, this is how we make, this is how we bring new music to you. Otherwise, you're stuck listening to, you know, 120 beat per minute dance music for the rest of your life. Yeah, which, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Did, did you see EDM coming? I got to be honest with you. I didn't see EDM coming. I thought it was going to go from what it was to, I thought it was going to get heavy right from there. I did not see EDM taking off the way it did, but hey, you know what? I mean, who am I? I <laughs> whatever. Fair point. Fair yeah. point. No, I didn't see that coming either. And how like huge it's gotten with everything. Yeah, never saw it coming. But Maroon I mean, Five broke my heart. Broke my heart, man. They were an actual band for a while there. You know, they were an actual yeah. band, and they can all play. I love that guitar player. He's a monster. You know, and Adam Levine's got a fabulous, you know, once in a generation voice. But they're share now, so I don't know what to make of it, you know? <laughs> oh, no, shit, I'm going to be in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if you get any paperwork from Maroon 5, let me know. <laughs> I know. Well, hell, 
you know, you can't do me any harm, you know, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if anybody, oh, Maroon, Maroon 5 is mad at who? Who's that? Well, let me Google him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, screw you, Adam. No, I'm sorry. I'm just joking. I love him. He's he's amazing. He really is. Oh, man. All right, brother. I think that's Thank you a, so much. a great way to end this interview. I will leave some links for Steve Ramon in the description of his podcast. Please check out and support him. Steve, thank you so much for stopping by Super Cool Radio. Pleasure was mine. Thanks. For Steve Ramon, I'm your host always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. Behave, you crazy kids. <laughs>